Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. The boss. There he is. All right, Luca Nation. We're going behind the scenes right now. I was able to get you in. So, Luca Nation, hey. we're back with a, with a very special episode today. Cage, I don't know. Did you see the news? Clevenger's pitching for the Padres. Yep, I saw it. They weren't sure it was to be determined, but uh, I love it. I love it. I mean, to me, no offense to the other four teams. To me, whoever comes out of that Padres-Dodgers series is going to the World Series, and whoever comes out of the Yankees-Rays is going to the World Series. So those are the ones. Those are the ones that I'm excited to watch. And it's nice that the, uh, the Padres are going to have – at least one of their pitchers go for them in a, in a pretty meaningful game. You know, it would be unfair, right, for uh, you know, the Dodgers to get bragging rights winning that well, series. Didn't he, well, didn't he have tendinitis? You know, the, the question is how long, how long are they going to keep him out there, right? Like, you, you don't know what you're going to get with him. I know he's a fantastic pitcher, but. So something's better than nothing. And it's also a nice morale boost, you know. It's a guy who even yeah. if he is injured, he's saying to his team, I know you just traded for me. You know, I know you guys gave up some good players. I know you guys, you know, went out there and did it. I'm going I'm to give you what I got. And whether that's a couple innings, whether it's – I'm going to blow my elbow out for you guys. Well, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I never hope for anybody to get hurt. But, you know, it's a cool thing to see, I think. No, you know? I mean, it's, it's when I saw the news, I was shocked. Because, like, his injury wasn't, you know, like a, a broken bone when it's, you're coming back from. It's tendonitis, right? It's something that's kind of lingering. It's always on and off. Uh, the yeah. way I understand it. But I think it's cool because these are really the two best teams based on their record in the league, right? Yeah. Regardless that, of their seeding. And, be, you know, the Padres, I think, are the fifth seed because they finished second in that division. But that's because the Dodgers, I think they won 43 games out of 60, which is kind of insane. The Dodgers season was amazing. They won, like, almost every game. But, yeah, the Padres are just as good, and they're in the same division. I mean, it just it makes for a lot of great stuff. The two California teams – you know, the Dodgers have been the favorite since the season started. They've done nothing to be anything but the favorite. They've won their games. They beat the teams that have been put in front of them. And, uh, you know, it would be a shame to see that team, which is the favorite and the best, be able to, you know, just walk over the Padres without any, without any pitching. So, you're right. What do you say? So what do you, say? You, you, you think they get the W tonight? Uh, listen, if Clevenger's got anything, I'd love to see the Padres jump out. And, you know, stun the Dodgers. But Walker Mueller, he's a young pitcher, but he's got some really good, um, you know, postseason experience already. So it's tough. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think if there was a team that was going to go out there and, uh, and steal a game one, you know, you can't say the Yankees stole game one. That Garrett Cole pitching, right? I mean, Tampa's favorite to win the series. But, you know, that was one of those games that, the, you know, the Yankees had to have. You know, if there's a game out there that if you're the Padres, you look at and say, all right, we don't have Kershaw pitching today and how dominant he was in that last series. You know, let's go out there and get one against Walker Bueller. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a big, could be a big thing. They can't, they can't run the bases like they did in that first round series. No, they got to they play smarter. Right? I'm sure, I'm sure they, uh, you know, they play Cronenworth, the Cronenworth and... freaking just tripping over bags, getting outs on the bases. That's not <laughs> They, they oh, listen, I'm sure they reiterated the it. But anyway, so are, are you – Go ahead. 
right. All right. Well, so, no, I'm sure they went over. Are you giving a prediction? Um, for that game, I'm going to say the Padres win. All right, let's go. go let's there. go. Let's go. Padres go out there and they, they handle their business there and they win. Um, you know, speaking of baseball, I'm going to throw a little fun stat out there for you. And I it's hope something it's about we didn't. The Marlins, man. This well, guy's, this pitcher's dealing. Well, so, so look, the, the Braves have come back a little bit. Um, and if you want to talk about that game, yes, the, that game of Cunha. I mean, talk about it being everything in advertised, right? He started the game with a home run. He's got two runs. Um, you know, a real good player. Ozuna looks really good. Um, but here's, here's my fun, right? Do you know the Marlins have never lost a playoff series? No, what is I don't understand what that means. It means when they're in the playoffs, they win the World Series. <laughs> That's been once? No. So they've never lost a playoff series. Yes, don't uh, – obviously, I'm, I'm saying it half tongue-in-cheek because, you know, a team like the Yankees or the That's Dodgers insane. or any of these other teams. But, yes, when they make the playoffs, when they get in, they win. And, and they've done it twice, not once. But when they get in, they win. And, and, wow. and look what they did. They won a playoff series. They beat the Cubs. And they jumped out to a lead today against the Braves. I'm not going on the record here and saying that the Marlins are winning the World Series because they made the playoffs. But – it's just an interesting thing to think, to think about, you know. Obviously, the guys who are on there are not the same players that they had when they beat the Yankees in, what was it, 02, 03, um, you know, with Josh Beckett, you know, dealing. Don Trout. Yeah, so obviously it's a very different team tw- from 20 years ago. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, when <laughs> their history is when they've made the playoffs, they win the World Series. <laughs> it's pretty interesting, right? So it's kind of incredible. So, and if there's one sport it could happen, if there's one sport it could happen in it's baseball, right? Yeah. Well, especially with what you have going on now. I mean, there was talk with, with Cole pitching yesterday for the Yankees, five games in five days. There was talk that that's the only time you're going to see him in the series. That if it goes five games, he's not going to pitch again. And normally, you know, obviously pitcher goes game one, game four, and potentially game seven, or goes game one, game five. But it's five games in five days. Um, so we want to talk about like a must-win game now. I'm sure if it went to game five and to go into game five, Jared Cole will probably tell Aaron Boone that he, he'll give him whatever he can. Uh, but, you know, it's just interesting because it's not just a five-game series. It's a five-game series in five days. It's, it, it, really, it really changes the dynamic of what a manager is able to do with their pitchers. And uh, – you know, we've talked about that Braves uh, Marlins series. We talked about the Padres Dodgers. And we want to talk about the Yankees. They got David Garcia going today. A kid who, you know, wasn't in the majors until this year, came yeah. up, you know, midway through. And uh, just so you guys know, just so you guys know, Cage has brought up David Garcia in the past. He was uh, throwing a no hitter. So you guys should, you guys in Luca Nation should know all about David Garcia. Yeah, he was one of our picks. He was. One he of was. Our picks during the year. And, mm-hmm. uh, Nothing, nothing seasons a pick like that. Nothing helps a, a pick like that one. If you bought a couple of dollar rookie card of him during the year, then him to go out there and, uh, and throw a gem in the playoffs where people are right. And if I remember yeah. correctly, you said he's got some stuff he could throw. He does. He, he does. He reminds me of Pedro, yeah. by the way. He yep. reminds me That's of Pedro exactly Martinez he because he's, uh, he's slight figured. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's skinny. He's, uh, he's not a big – you know, he's the opposite kind of pitcher. You see these horses like Eric Cole was out there or, or, or Clayton Kershaw, just big guys who power throw. 
He's a little. I mean, he's got a power arm, but he's a little more finesse. Or no, no, no. You mean he's not like Noah Syndergaard? Right. He doesn't. He's he's he's, he's more of an Ant Man than a Thor. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I expect good things from him tonight. Look, the 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 Rays have a great, great staff. They threw Snell, who's a Cy Young Award winner, and they're throwing with Glass now tonight. I think so. You know. It doesn't matter. I think the you could argue that the Yankees going into game one yesterday um, had the advantage in all aspects. They had the best offense. They had the best pitching. Um, but I don't think you're going to be able to say that to them again. I think that right now the Ray is pitching really, you know, the, the pendulum swings in their favor when Cole's not pitching. So we'll see. Garcia could come up huge. Could come up really huge for the Yankees. At one point yesterday, it's so funny because – you know, the, the Rays' bullpen is so good and their pitching is so good and their offense is so good just top to bottom. When yep. they took a lead, what was it? A, uh, it was a 3-2 I mean, like lead, a I think. Run. Yeah, one right? run Like lead. a one-run lead. It was like the fifth inning. Six, I mean, there's still plenty of time left in the game. I looked at the ESPN app. I was chatting with one of my friends who's a Red Sox fan. I told him he's got to root for the Yankees because the Red Sox can't win. He still can't do it, but it is what it is. I get it. It's, it's you know, it's fandom. What I said to him was, uh, right now, the I wish I was in Vegas because the ESPN app gives like a percent chance of, of winning the game after every out. And at the point where the Rays took that one-run lead, they were up 3-2, I think. At that point in the game, the, uh, the ESPN app said that the Rays percent chance of winning was 74% winning. And I'm like, I wish I was in Vegas. I mean, come on. They took a one-run lead. You know, our offense is, is clicking on all songs. And literally the very next inning, we, we, the Yankees took the lead back. The judge home run and never gave it back. So it's, uh, you know, you know that's a good series. That, that, that's a Darren Ravel tweet right there. What? Which one? As the, as the race took a lead here at the bottom of the fifth, the Action Network app predicts a 77.3% chance uh, the race taking this game. Right. So his tweets are much more of like, you know, uh, he should work when the guy who is Captain Obvious for Hotels.com dies, they should let Darren Ravel, you know, play the sequel of Captain Obvious. His tweets are more like, there's a Charizard first edition TSA 10 for sale and it's, and it's selling for a lot of money. Hey, some of us wanted to keep that under the wraps. We wanted to bid on it, Cage. Yeah, it's very upsetting. Very upsetting for him. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. It but is yeah, so I let's Cage. I want the, I'm the Yankees you, go out there and win you, another game tonight. Go up to the so Yankees. I, I I guess you guys know by now. Cage is a fucking walking encyclopedia when it comes to baseball. This guy lives, breathes, and uh, sneezes. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I would tune in. I would I would make your own plays. But there's a ton of knowledge Cage has dropped in the last few weeks. The MLB preview. If you haven't listened to that, I would go back and listen. Uh, he's a walking encyclopedia, and his DMs are open. So if you have any questions, uh, send him a message. He's always willing to help. Can you help make them some money today too, Cage? I don't know. I mean, what are we going to make some money on? I can make some – did we pick all the games? There's one game we didn't predict, right, the, uh, the other American League game. I mean, I think the A's – you know, the A's have to come back and win that game, right? I mean, the A's have to come back and win game two. We talk about every series, right? So, you know – I can't believe that the Astros jumped out. I mean, the kid Correa, I like to jump on him every now and again and, and say he's smug and he talks a lot of shit. But if he goes out there and hits two home runs in a playoff game, game yes, one, 
you got to give him some credit. I hate giving the Astros any credit. But for him, I'm going to bang the garbage can here. See, bang the garbage can here. I'm going to bang it twice. So walk right past the garbage can. I'm going to bang it twice for Correa for the two home runs. Do it for it. Do it. Two garbage pail banks for, uh, for Correa. Give him got credit. He had a good game. And, uh, you know, you got to Can you actually do it? Because I don't know how to add that effect on editing. Oh, I banged the garbage can. It just didn't make a lot of noise. The thing is, you're uh, – yeah, you can only hear it in your earpiece. It's hidden under the jersey. Don't rip my jersey off. I just got a new tattoo. <laughs> so, uh, the, so uh, Cage, the A's are A's to me seem like a team that's a good team with no bark. A, a good team with no bite. I mean, I apologize. A good team with no bite. I don't see where they're gonna get a victory from. You know, I I, I don't see it in them. They're a very complete team. But if what you're saying is you know, when it comes to the postseason, sorry about the horns there, guys. I'm on 42nd Street in New York City. So this episode will be a uh, – you'll have the surround background noise of, of calming Manhattan during rush hour. Um, you know, normally playoff baseball, one of the cool things about the playoffs is you got dominant performances by dominant individuals, and you remember them, right? You remember Kirk Gibson hitting his, his, his home run. You remember – you know, Mariano Rivera coming in and closing the door to enter Sandman, a little Metallica. You remember moments like this. You remember people hitting their home runs. I don't know who that person is for the A's. Right. They're a great team, but who's their superstar, right? Who's their mm-hmm. guy? Who's, who's their person? I mean, Matt Chapman's great, but I think he's, he's injured, right? Um, so who's the guy on the A's? You know, who's their big player who's going to have that – that signature playoff moment, and, and I can't name one really. And that, you so, know, I think they're. Go ahead. I remember watching this uh, this show. It was an interview with Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's trainer, and they were asking why does Jordan, you know, who is the best trash talkers? But then they said, you know, why does Jordan talk trash? And he gave a really good uh, explanation to it, and I think it comes back to what you're saying about Correa. Um, he said he, Jordan would talk trash to up his own level, to raise the standard that he would have to play at, right? Because when you talk that talk, you know that you have to back it up. And what I see from Correa is, you know, everyone wants the Astros to lose. Everyone hates on the Astros. So either they could succumb to the pressure or rise to it. And what I'm seeing by the trash talk is he's actually trying to elevate his own game and his teammates' game because they have a higher standard. That's what I'm seeing. I don't know if that I did a good job explaining that, but no, it, it really makes sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. It definitely it's a really does make sense. Well, I mean, listen, you're the, the Jordan one, you you're the one who explained that to me, and I'm like, you know, these guys, he's the greatest. He should say the greatest, right? But you're like, no, he needs to have that chip on his shoulder. He needs something to elevate his game because he's not always on. Well, so, it becomes it becomes monotonous otherwise, right? Because you got to understand, to us, it seems like a huge game. They're playing a hundred games a year. That's a, that's a lot of games. How do you find an edge, find a little micro competition within the bigger competition? Yeah, and I mean, right now, the Astros, you could say that what he's doing is keeping that fire burning yep. on the – it's the Astros not just against the, the A's. It's the Astros against this world. It's the Astros against the fan base of everybody else. And he's even keeping the narrative going. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. even talking about it anymore. because Nobody cares. The Astros are under 500. Nobody expects yep. them to do anything. He's the one – who's continuing to light the fire there saying, oh, you know, no one expected us to do anything. And, and look, we're cheaters. But look, how, how are we cheaters? Look, we're obviously could be won a playoff series. Now, I get it. I understand. I understand what he's doing. And as long as they're winning, 
I'll give it him works, credit. Right. It's it's the results. <laughs> it's the results. Absolutely. I gotta tell you this. I would not mind seeing them in the next round. That's against the a, Yankees, right? That's but not before. a team I'm I'm presently afraid of. Uh, it's not a team that I fear going up against, and it makes for a hell of a story. Yep, Astros Yankees would be an amazing next series, right? Yep. Yeah, people will tune in. Even you, you might actually watch that. People who are not baseball fans, it's got a storyline, you know. Well, I, I, now that we talk more baseball, I watch it because I want to be able to speak to Luca Nation and actually be educated. You know, I don't like to talk about stuff I don't know. Well, there's very little you don't know. And baseball, listen, if there's a time to tune in to play off baseball, right? Because especially right now, right? I mean, come on, you just had a three-game series. It's basically all elimination games. Game two, elimination. You know, I mean, some of these teams here in a day or two are going to be facing elimination games again. So, you know, with this condensed season and these condensed playoffs, until you get to the World Series where it just gets back to normal World Series timing, yep. um, it's, it really is just – it's an interesting change – in uh, you know, in the playoffs, and I think it makes for a little bit more excitement. Um, but that's it. There's your baseball stuff. What about uh, what about basketball? What do you think? What are we, what are we going to see in that finals? The, the narrative about LeBron walking off the court has legs. I, you know, Cage, when you're you're a lawyer, one of the things that every citizen has the right is to be judged by their peers, right? By court. Tell me what I'm saying. Like, you're yep. allowed to be. I feel no, like it's you know, true. You judge by your peers, right? A peer, a jury of your peers. People say different things. Right? Jury yep. of your peers. Yep. So, dude, the internet is literally like a jury of your peers with no judge. So, like, there are like, there are these quick accusations as to people's character and who they are, that literally form in 24 to 48 hours. Like with LeBron, the guy's been. Say what you want about LeBron. He's a, I'm, he's a good person. Like, he's done good. Uh, you could disagree with how he behaves or his opinions, uh, which is fine. We could all can. But, like, he's done well by people. And he's done right by people 99% of the time. See, a jury of appears. What I'd be curious more about, Andrew, is what are other players thinking? Like, ha- forget about what the, the average internet fan says. I mean, I can make fun and say, oh, wow, look, LeBron doesn't even stay on the court to finish out his game. But, yep. you know, I mean, like, even even commentators, like, what's Jay Williams saying? You know, what are the – of those guys Jay are Will- saying – go ahead. Jay Williams was saying that, that exact thing. That's a great point. Uh, he was doing a little bit too suck-uppy to LeBron, in my opinion. But he was like, dude, what are we even talking about with him walking off the court with 10 seconds left? Uh, and people in the comments were like, a, a leader doesn't leave his troops wounded on the battlefield. <laughs> uh but, but my point is, I wouldn't overreact with the Lakers. Like, they, they played horrible, and they still were in the game at the fourth quarter. Um, I will say, though, that so, so, I would stand by the 4-1 uh, series win for the Lakers. I think that's the obvious choice. But I would say Miami, they're a dog. They're, they're, real, they're a real barking dog. They're like a March Madness team you do not want to face. Uh, and you make it 2-2, and – LeBron has been known to get a little bit soft and become a head case. I think this is a huge game. I literally think this is the series, this game. Really? You think if the Heat find a way to win this one, they're able to take the series? I think if they win this one, they take the series. Wow. Well, then it's a huge game. This is a game seven here. You know what I like about the Heat? And I'm not a huge Heat fan. I did say the Heat might be able to steal one or 
it's going five. Um, here's what I like about the Heat, right? If the Lakers are performing, you know where it's coming from, right? You're going to have a good yeah. game out of AD. You're going to have a good game out of LeBron. You're going to have a good game out of both. Yep. On any given game. Out of nobody especially, else. Especially, yeah, nobody I'm else. Losing I mean, it's, not, it's not Kuzma, right? I mean, can you hear me? It's not going to be Kuzma who's ever putting up a points. As a matter of fact, did you guys see? Can you hear me, dude? Andrew, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. You're back now. Okay, you're back so, now. So, so you're right. I mean, basically, with the Lakers, you know where it's going to come from, right? You know it's coming from LeBron. It's coming from AD and no one else, right? It's not coming from Kuzma. There's a petition circulating the internet that if the Lakers win the championship, to not give Kuzma a ring. Now, obviously, <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, think, I think Danny Green <laughs> deserves it less than anyone. Well, but, uh, I mean, the point is that, you know, it's it's – it's Ron and, and, and AD and, and who else, right? So nobody. But from a Heat standpoint, you never know where it's going to come from any given night, right? Look, Butler drops that gem of a game. It could be Hero dropping 37 points. If they're healthy, it could be Bam. It could be Drogic. You know, I mean, yeah. it could be Duncan Robinson. Who knows? I mean, you know, who knows? It's, it's not well, they have a system, Cage. They, they, they actually have a system. And if, you, if someone would ask me, like, the biggest knock for me on LeBron is what you just said. Like, I, 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 and I think if you try to understand this, I think he's one of the best passers I've ever seen. I think he's one of the worst players at making other people around him better. And that's my Makes biggest sense. knock on LeBron. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, who has he, who, who, when he's come there, has their game improved? Nobody. I, I would, I, yeah, Nobody. I would say, I'd say Kyrie had an amazing shot with him. But, but that, that, like, nobody's game, he, no, he didn't elevate anyone's game. So that's an interesting, uh, really good perspective there, Cage. Maybe KCP. You, but other than that, I got nobody. But hey, forget about basketball. How about this? How about my, you got a pick? KCP going from one point a game to like four? Yeah, well, I'm trying to come up with somebody. That's like, your Jose Abreu, that's like your Jose Abreu draft picks card 99 cents to five bucks. Listen, that's a 5X, man. If you bought enough of them, it wouldn't make sense. You just have to be able to find volume. Uh, and no, but he, so so my question for you: Do you have a pick? I got a pick. I do I have a pick. pick. I want to give my pick. I, you always have a pick. I have a pick as well. All right. So I'm gonna give mine. Dak Prescott. He's the best. Dak Prescott's got more passing yards through four through four uh, four weeks than anybody in the history of the NFL. Dak Prescott beat the greatest show on turf. Right? He beat uh, Kurt Warner. And, uh, you know, he's got 1,700-something yards. He got 500 yards again this past week. And here's the fun. Amari Cooper, Cooper has not had a standout year so far. But everybody was loving Gallup as a, uh, a fantasy sleeper. He, he had one good game, but he hasn't looked that good. But you know who has been as advertised for at least five catches? And he had a little coming out party this past week with two touchdowns? The 17th pick of the draft, so it shouldn't surprise anybody, C.D. Lamb. Oh, that, that guy. Alabama, right? Yep, yep. So, I mean, look, he, he's, he's, uh, he's an amazing, amazing talent. Um, people knew what he was coming in to the league. And, um, you know, it shouldn't surprise people that he's performing well. Um, CeeDee Lamb was a Sooner, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But you might be thinking about either Jerry Judy or uh, – or Henry Ruggs, who were also the, – those were the top three wide receivers coming to the draft. The other two were Alabama receivers. One of them went to the Raiders. But C.D. Lamb, awesome, awesome guy. He's got a little bit of Tyreek Hill in him, 
be a little bit bigger, so a little more, you know, route running, a little bit more, you know, um, more, more traditional wide receiver. I got to tell you, I love his um, – I'd love to be buying prism cards of him right now. I love his mosaic. It's just regular mosaic 2007 because that's right now the only card you can really buy. You know, I'd stock up on him with prism, but right now it's mosaic. And I saw one in today at auction for $3.47 plus shipping. Uh, oh, I love it. A lot of more money than that. You see people with lots of them. You see people, you know, selling lots of nines, lots of ten. Um, this is a play you could use the uh, DeAndrew style of going into a break room. <laughs> And trying to, you know, somebody's breaking cards and they're not looking for a CD Lamb base. They're not looking for a multiple CD Lamb. Someone breaks a case. You know, grab the CD Lamb cards in a break. You know, message the person who's opening and say, hey, you know, you want a, you want a couple bucks? I'll give you a couple bucks for those CD Lambs you just hit. Because trust me, most people, they're not going into breaks trying to get CD Lambs. So there's my pick. CD Lamb Love Mosaic, it. card number 207. What do you got? Love it. So today I, I was on uh, Twitter. And I saw a graphic. It was similar to um, a card ladder graphic. So, and the card on it, the third card on it, was the Kobe Fleer Ultra, the rookie card, the 1996 with, like, the reverse layup uh, black background. And it was really cool because I brought that card to you guys in the past. I've, I've spoken about that card in the past. But, but here's something that's so interesting about it, Cage. Uh, and I said it's, it's one of the most condition-sensitive cards there is. But, but let me give you a quick history. So what I've seen with two of Kobe's rookie cards, the Topps Paper 138 and this one, which is the Fleer Ultra 52. So the PSA 10s around July were sitting at 1,500 or so for both of those. Um, right around 1,500, let's just call it. They, they were, you know, 100%. If there's the Topps 138, then 85% of that was uh, the Fleer 52. Uh, in August, that, the Topps card shot up to 5000 bucks, But the Fleer Ultra has kind of stayed at the 1500 to 2000 mark. Now, the Topps has come down, and the Fleer Ultra keeps going up little by little. And I'll explain why that is. So there's a ton of that Topps card out there. But the Fleer Ultra card, the 52, there's only 300 PSA 10s graded. So it's a super hard grade. And you're starting to see the raw creep up. So it's gone from 18 to 36. I think that raw, even not in the best conditions, is a $100 raw. I really believe that because the top paper 138 is 150 to 200, sometimes 250 for the raw because the multiples just make a lot more sense. If you could submit a card to PSA and get a $2,200 PSA 10, a $3,400 PSA 9, the raws aren't going to be sitting at 20, 30 bucks for a long time just because people are going to start buying them up. Uh, it, it's going to be worth the gamble. The juice is worth the squeeze, so, as they say. So for me, I would buy really nice looking raws. If you can grade them, that's amazing. But if you like can if, just hold on to them, I really believe at worst that's an $80 raw card. And I think it could go up to 120 plus just because of the multiples and how the market is. And remember, there's 293 PSA 10s. If you were to ask me, Andrew, which of the tops PSA 10, 138, or this one will be more expensive or more valuable long-term, I would say this one. It's a, such a hard grade. There's thousands of tops PSA 10s, but there's not a ton of these PSA 10s of the FLIR. So that's my play. Play the role. I love it. I love it. Play that raw card and CD Lamb 207. Jose, love it. Bye.
Nice pick, man. Talk to you soon, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.